0: Welcome to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Here are your hosts, Joe and Kendall.
1: You know, Joe, we really should be careful about what we say on this show because we're not exactly at a secure location. Um, I'm pretty sure they show every visitor this exact room when they come to visit campus. So if anybody's ever a little upset with us... Um, hate to say it, but they know exactly where to find us.
0: That's very dis- disheartening, disconcerting, because someone's someone's always
1: upset with me for whatever reason. Let's hope they take it out on our guests then, Joe. Uh, we're joined again by George Ackla. Yep. Uh,
2: I noticed when you invited me on this time, you didn't put a guest host in the invitation, so I was a little <laughs> no. disappointed about that. We learned our lesson.
1: We learned yeah. our lesson. All right. Well, this week we're, we're talking about the art desecration some would say improvement possibly is wave going on um, <laughs> i i personally
0: say improvement the
1: the development the developments in the brazil election and then the apparent intruder in the pelosi's home uh this is an audio broadcast you can't see but i'm doing air quotes with my fingers right now as we'll get to later but air quotes quotes jo- for what i i can't
0: see either i'm i'm blind <laughs> you know that's what they say about the elephants right they they no never mind i'm thinking of not the <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't i've never heard that
1: but <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump right into it. Joe, I think you've got some information about this art stuff that's going on. So, yeah, this has actually been going
0: on for like quite a bit of time. I remember hearing about this first over the summer. Uh, there was one recently uh, that happened that sort of sums it all up. Um, but no, I mean, this is an ongoing phenomenon where uh, uh, we have these climate activists uh, largely associated uh, with uh, sort of this group organization, Just Stop Oil, which uh you know, it's a little bit of a ambiguous name because I don't know what type of oil they're they're just stopping, or you know, uh, maybe did they just stop oil, or are they, you know, still if they still have yet to stop it, I don't know why they're just stopped. Maybe like wanting to stop, or like, I don't know. Definitely. I feel I feel like I feel like climate activism may be not what these guys should be focusing on. Maybe like going back to uh, uh, some some getting some basic grammar lessons. But anyway, I digress. Um, so they have they have turned uh, their collective uh, demagoguery of reason and intellect toward uh, art museums because everyone knows art museums obviously main contributor to global warming climate change, <laughs> uh, and they have uh, taken out their anger on uh, oil on fossil fuels, uh, on these uh, classic on these classic paintings. Believe it or not, you know uh, this has actually left many wondering uh, what connection there is between. Uh, art and climate change, uh, this is even extending to, like, general sentiments. Uh, while, you know, the environment remains a uh, going concern for some people, you know, these these uh, these activists destroying these uh, these priceless pieces of art, they don't really have any positive impact on what they're trying to accomplish. This actually might be harmful for the cause that they are trying to do. Well, well, Joe, they're oil paintings. Oh, my goodness. Why couldn't I not have seen i have not seen the the connection there i obviously this is this is why i'm not a part of you know just stop oil (laughs) this is why this is why i'm not 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 a climate activist i I don't have this level of intellect to see the connection that's there i mean obviously obviously it it makes more sense that they'd be much more into like say watercolors because (laughs) uh you know renewable energy watercolors um but no i mean this is uh this is starting back uh i think uh as early as I think we have one from May 9th when the uh, Mona Lisa, probably most notably, uh, was smeared by, uh, by an activist with, with cake. Uh, this is actually kind of funny. I remember this coming out over the summer because he, uh, he was being pushed along in a wheelchair dressed as an old lady. And uh, they wheel him up to the Mona Lisa and he pops out, pounces and throws cake on it. So I thought that was quite, quite funny. Um, then we have in uh, June 30th uh, through you know sort of the beginning of July – Four pieces across England. We have Van Gogh's Peach Trees and Blossom, Constable's uh, The Hay Wain. Um, we have the famous painting, uh, the My Hearts in the Highland, and then uh, J.M.W. Turner's Thompson's Aeolian Harp. Uh, they were similarly desecrated. Uh, protesters glued actually themselves. They glued themselves to the works in question in all four instances. And, you know, this would sort of establish the uh, the going theme for the rest of these. We have uh, July 22nd, two protesters in Florence glued their hands to
1: uh, the glass covering Primavera, a very famous painting. Uh, and for any of our viewers that don't know, that actually translates to, um, if I'm not mistaken, spring or spring. That might be a type of pasta, actually. <laughs> this is why you're not a part of
0: uh, Just Stop Oil. Because, <laughs> no, you don't know what Primavera means, or is it? I don't know. We have another one, August eighth. Uh, again, activists glued their hands to uh, Laocoon and his sons, one of Rome's most famous sculptures. Uh, you know, a, a lot of glue actually being used here. It seems to be the motif of a lot of these uh, attacks for the climate, which which I think is a little bit odd because. Uh, i almost can guarantee that there's no environmentally conscious way to make a glue strong enough to keep a human
1: hand attached to a stone sculpture i also don't know how effective glue is i mean like you always hear the examples of when there's a logging company trying to cut down trees people chain themselves to the trees and it's like obvious like it's pretty clear what that does that they're not going to cut down the tree and kill you with it but how hard is it to pull someone's hand off of like a painting like i feel like at that point it just hurts your hand if they pull hard enough
2: I disagree with you guys. I think this is a big conspiracy theory. <laughs> so if you if you think back to the COVID-19 pandemic, what industry was helped the most? And it's obvious the plexiglass, the safety glass industry. But after the pandemic wore off, you know, they were losing sales, their earnings, they needed to maintain those. So what industry needs a lot of oh glass? My goodness. Is it not the painting industry? What? Hold <laughs> so on a second.
0: T- oh, that makes so that makes so much sense. Wow. This guy should be in Just Stop Oil because he's, he's so – oh, my gosh. No,
2: they're getting paid big time. You're um, so
1: right. All, like, ten works of art that they no. destroyed are going to have to – the glass coverings are going to get replaced. That will really bring back their, their balance no, sheets.
2: because just think of how many priceless pictures kindergartners send to their parents every day after school. And they don't want some activists just coming and smearing <laughs> stuff on it. So what are they going to do? a whole untapped market here. So I'm thinking uh, – I don't know if I can say the specific company, but it – It's 3M in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, We didn't request a comment, but I'm sure they would be silent
0: on that. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, in more uh, recent happenings, we have October 14th, which was uh, when activists drenched uh, Van Gogh's Sunflowers uh, with Heinz. If you're going to drench a a painting, especially Van Gogh's uh, Sunflowers, with tomato soup, why Heinz tomato soup? Perhaps (laughs) to draw attention to the, uh, I don't know, the the, uh, imperativeness of the of the climate emergency. Can um, you guess what happened after they
1: dumped tomato soup on it? Uh, man, don't tell me that they glued themselves to the painting. That is exactly oh what they did.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, here's an example where um, October 23rd, activists threw mashed potatoes on Monet's haystacks, and at least this this article doesn't say that they glued themselves to it. So we have maybe one example. where now, These guys were the case. outliers.
0: These guys obviously <laughs> were probably disavowed by Just Not boiling. The
1: and then finally, uh, most
0: recently, uh, you might have just heard about this, but uh, on the 27th of October, uh, activists in Just Stop Oil t-shirts vandalized uh, the uh, Vermeer girl with the pearl earring. Um, one of the protesters actually glued, get, get this, he glued his bald head to to the painting while the other protester dumped tomato soup on, on his head. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I, the one of the protesters uh, saying, quote, how does it feel when you see something so beautiful and priceless apparently being
1: destroyed? Is, is she referring to the painting or the guy's the bald, bald head? <laughs> I don't know. I
0: don't, I, I'm like, man, this is your bald head. This is quite a, I don't know, an assumption. And, you know, we have this whole thing. Uh, it makes sense that this is the last one because it's it's coming around full circle. Uh, all mm-hmm. the elements are at play here. We've got the glue. We've got the tomato soup. I mean, my big deal with this whole thing, actually, is that they were already wearing the the we hate climate change shirts on like you'd think that like the security of this museum would be like thinking, yeah, it's probably a bad idea to let these people in considering uh, the entire uh, timeline of events that we've gone over of uh, these exact people simply going into art museums to vandalize art for, for climate change.
1: Yeah, I really can't see a good reason that people should be let into art museums with specifically glue and tomato soup. Maybe one or the other. I could see one or the other, but both at the same time, I I just, I don't think I see it.
2: But I think with uh, every problem, there's an opportunity. So I think elephants in the room should release merchandise. Just stop, just stop oil shirts. Uh, <laughs> just stop, just stop. <laughs> um, so if there's enough interest out in the audience, just let us know and we'll get those made
1: up for you guys. <laughs> You're listening to "Elephants in the Room" on Radio Free Hillsdale, one hundred one point seven FM. I'm your host, Kendall, and this is Joe. We should
0: do a theme song while we're doing that. We do station identification.
1: <laughs> I'm still writing it. I'll, I'll come up with it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, what else is happening in the world this week, Joe? I don't know.
0: No, I'm kidding. I do know. I do know. I'm the I'm the I'm the bringer and bearer of good news and knowledge, and uh, the good news and knowledge that I well, actually, it's uh, it depends on how you want to say. it this whether it be knowledge or good news uh the brazil election has concluded and uh following the final tally of votes uh it appears that the current president of brazil has been defeated by his far-left rival lula de silva by a margin of less than two percent of the popular vote which uh, actually is the narrowest in the country's modern history for any election to sway either way um, Lula, who himself is actually an ex-convict and ran on the far just left, just like one of Hillsdale's
1: future mayor candidates. That's true.
0: <laughs> That's true. I mean, I'm I'm seeing the the similarities. It's like the climate change and the oil paintings. I did did uh, did one of our Hillsdale's finest go down to Brazil? Maybe uh, I, don't I know. bet
1: I bet Lula doesn't know how to run a Facebook
0: group <coughs> like she does. <laughs> it's true. Um, well, himself, he uh, he is an ex-convict, and uh, he had uh, because of this, he had to sort of overcome this thought to be insurmountable disfavor among the public. He actually ended up winning, carrying the popular vote. Uh, he, he won the most urban sort of, uh, sector of Brazil, which is of no surprise of, uh, his, uh, far left, uh, uh, disposition. Um, and then this sort of election, uh, upset has, uh, sparked unprecedented protests currently still going on in, in the country. Uh, Many of the people protesting claiming that the election was stolen from uh, Bolsonaro and uh, that he uh, he ought to use his uh, use military influence to, I don't know, either redo the election or uh, remain in power. Um, and uh, actually, these protests are so massive and so uh, vast across the country that they have... Uh, extended nationwide and have blocked more than, than uh, 200 highways. They've severely restricted access to the capital's international airport, as well as many of the ports that uh, agriculture, which
1: is so vital to Brazil's inf- uh, mm-hmm. economy, is exported. Yeah, if any of our listeners don't know, uh, Brazil's the world's largest exporter of soybeans um, and the, the world's third largest exporter of corn behind the U.S. and China. Um, and then they're the top. They're in the top five exporters of many, many other. Notice how, the, goods. how they're
0: not the top exporter of glue.
1: <laughs> and they, none of Brazil's art museums are getting vandalized.
0: What's the what's the idea behind that, huh?
1: But yeah, these protests um, got so bad that they actually prompted one of the country's supreme court justices to order the federal highway patrol to clear the blockades, with threats of fines reaching the equivalent of over nineteen thousand dollars an hour per car. Um, although this seems to be ineffective as countless highways remain blocked, uh, and videos even show police joining the blockade in some cases. And yeah, I must say, I don't know at, it's such like political turmoil. I don't know if somebody saying here's a ticket for $19,000 is exactly Mm going to deter me when, you know, the whole country's kind of in ruins at the moment, but that's just me. No,
0: yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I can't be the only person, and, you know, of course, you're going to have the media in the next couple of days doing the exact same thing, who uh, remembers the uh, upset around the 2020 election, how many people uh, still believe that uh, that election was stolen. And, uh, you know, they, uh, the media, the uh, political actors involved uh, did the absolute worst possible thing in order to respond to that and said, no, in fact, this is the most secure election we've ever had. No, in fact, uh, any any uh, doubt in this election is actually a uh, a a massive uh, threat to our democracy and and should be treated like a like a terrorist threat almost in some cases. I mean, look at some of the people uh, who were arrested and uh, still still incarcerated for what is it trespassing oh. on uh, January sixth. And you know, uh, speaking of January sixth, just just like Trump uh, afterward, uh, you know, the uh, incumbent is uh, actually refusing to concede. I know uh, he had his. Uh, first uh, public appearance since the uh, results were announced. And uh, everybody, uh, I know it was big news, everybody was expecting him to concede. A lot of his top guys were saying that he was going to respect the results of the election, but uh, he has not thus far uh, conceded. It seems that he is still very much uh, in this for
1: uh, all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. You know, Joe, if this were a live broadcast, we would have like, this would be like breaking news because this information literally came out as we were recording. Um, But unfortunately, this does not air for another... um, eight and a half days (laughs) not quite that long but it's it's going to be a little bit before this air so we're not exactly um on the cusp you know i really think the solution might be to find these protesters 2.75 trillion dollars i would probably (laughs) yeah yeah that'll
0: that'll get them off the streets (laughs) i'm sure
2: but um in other news the new prime minister was also put as the odds on favorite to win uh time person
1: of the year so good (laughs) for him
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's, that's how all these things go
1: if you're just joining us, you're listening to Elephants in the Room. On- or if you're still here. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're not going to be just joining
0: us and still not hear our station ID. But go ahead. Sorry. You're
1: you're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. I'm Kendall and this is Joe. We're George we're George. We're George. We're joined by George Ackela, um, who actually, believe it or not, is the intruder from the Pelosi's house. That's not true. That's probably <laughs> no. that's probably fraud or something. I can't say that.
0: Hey! <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. You gotta be careful. You, you even said, at the beginning of this episode, you made reference. You're like, Joe, I got a funny joke. We're gonna talk about how we're gonna, we're gonna say something naughty, and the police are gonna come, and they're gonna know exactly where to find us, and then proceed to say something that awful. I'm so sorry, George. Please don't tell on us.
2: No, the man is in custody. Um, for apparently uh, what's the story Kendall I didn't get any of the show notes
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes the Pelosi's home Nancy and her husband Paul um, it was broken into by a David DePape not a George Ackola on Friday Um, and that's about all of the media would like you to know Uh, we have some audio of that actually
3: So when the officers arrived and knocked on the front door of the residence this morning the door was opened by someone inside and the officers observed through the open door Mr. Pelosi and the suspect, Mr. DiPapi, inside the entryway of the home. At this time, the officers remained outside of the threshold of the home, and they observed Mr. Pelosi and Mr. DiPapi, each with one hand on a single hammer. It was one hammer that the officer observed. Officers, while still outside of the doorway threshold, gave commands to both men to drop the hammer. Mr. Pappy immediately pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi and violently attacked him with the hammer. The officers immediately entered, tackled the suspect, disarmed him, took the hammer away from him, and took the suspect, Mr. Pappy into custody.
0: I don't know. Are we, are we sure this wasn't, George?
1: i don't know i'm sorry i just i had to keep myself from laughing during that clip i did not know his name was de Pappi. i just thought it was you know de Pape or something. i was something gonna more. call him like de pepe or whatever <laughs> de, de Boca, the italian Boca de pepe. yeah enough.
0: that's that's it um but yeah no i mean uh so what you just heard was the official statement uh by the police uh when I, the morning after this uh took well actually the morning of this took place like around 2 a.m or whatever so this was a little bit after hours after this had happened um but actually, believe it or not, well, actually believe it because we're telling you, uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, the police actually retracted much of the information that was in this initial statement over the past couple of days. Um, so it was originally reported that the intruder was identified as a friend of Pelosi. This was in the actual uh, sort of dispatch report uh, that the person uh, was familiar with Pelosi, that he uh, he knew him from somewhere somewhere. Uh, I mean, and it, it, it sort of, you know, makes makes a little bit of sense because not to get my tinfoil hat, uh, glue in the museum, uh, stop oil t- hat on Alex Jones, $2.5 trillion. <laughs> uh, but it seems that it, it would be a little bit difficult, just a tad bit difficult, to waltz into the Speaker of the House of the United States, her husband's home, and then attack him with a hammer. That. Like, like I, I don't really see how that, like, works. I mean, they've got to at least be in some sort of heavily gated, heavily guarded community uh, on top of a heavily guarded, gated, you know, house if there aren't any secret service there, which I find incredibly unlikely. But it, it seems – the whole thing seems odd, and I think that that's what a lot of people are seeing. And, you know, on top of all this, we're, we're – like I said, like, there's there's just no questions being asked on how this guy was able to sneak into
1: – uh paul pelosi's and nancy pelosi's home Mm -hmm. as joe said a lot of this um a lot of the stuff that you heard in that statement has already been retracted um the officer said that a third person opened the door um you know implying that there was a third person in the home but that has now been denied um but don't worry joe because the federal government has stepped in uh to take care of this investigation and to place federal charges on DePapi. um so they will they'll take care of it and i'm certain they'll do an excellent job
0: getting us the information we need in order to make our own calculated unbiased democratic uh opinion or whatever
2: you know i'm i'm thinking that if they really want trump to release his tax returns um they should release the x-rays from paul pelosi to so we actually know if he fractured his skull
0: you know what (laughs) i'd love to see more of like where where exactly uh where exactly when when nancy pelosi is obviously not and i mean i say this completely not and everyone knows that she's not uh uh, committing uh, uh, insider trading. When she's not doing that, where exactly does Paul Pelosi go? We, he's an elusive man. He is, you know, drunk driving accidents uh, at home with uh, De Pepe. It's crazy. And of course, this is you know happening right before the midterms coming So uh, uh, in a few days. So the media is going to milk uh, as much of this for political attention as possible. Even Hillary Clinton uh, in a tweet went as far as to blame Republicans for the attack. Uh, Joe Biden actually called it an act of political violence. But it was actually Elon Musk who, uh, in a response to Hillary Clinton's tweet, that pointed out uh, that there is a lot more to this story than the media is letting on. I'm sure
1: this story will have some more developments and we'll bring those to you in the following weeks. Um, This has been Elephants in the Room. I'm Kendall, this is Joe. Wait, that implies that I am both Kendall and Joe. I'm Kendall. We
0: we said we were both George a minute ago, so. That's fair. That's fine. Sitting
1: next to me is Joe and over in the corner, um, far, far away from us is smelly, smelly George.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and I I would like to just reemphasize to the audience, I
1: was in Michigan On Friday, (laughs) we're not in California. Okay, George, Wink, 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 wink. All right. Well, once again, this is Elephants in the Room. We hope you tune back in next week.